That's awesome. New joy, new peace. I really believe that we're in a new era or a new season even. I mean, as spring has come, it's, it feels like it's brought with it new hope. You know, yesterday, um, I love going for walks. And so I have been going for walks, especially these last couple of days and just the sun, you know, just I, when the sun beats on you, it's like, oh my goodness, this is just so amazing. It's just, and I often, I, I love to go for walks and just walk in his presence. And, and just be aware of God, be aware of my surroundings. This is all God's creation. But even while I'm walking, he's walking with me and just enjoying this new season, this new time. I'm gonna speak this morning on um, thankfulness again um, and just the power of thankfulness. Thankfulness is one of the greatest powers that we have. Um, and it's a choice to be thankful. And so I wanna talk about uh, what thankfulness does the power behind it and um, so we're going to start one of the things that we can be thankful for number one give thanks for your past give thanks for your past I have a lot of things that I would love to go back to my past and redo some regrets maybe um, people I wish I didn't hurt relationships that I wish um, I, I didn't, you know, mess up and do stupid things and, you know, cause friendships to be broken. I have um, moments that weren't my finest and I wish that I could go back, redo it. Circumstances that I wish I could change. And I know that I'm not the only person that thinks that. I know that we all have regrets from our past. That we wish we could have a redo, you know, a, a redo it go back and change it. Some of us, it's like, I just wish I could erase that whole moment in time, just erase it from my memory. But you know, the reality is, here's a, here's a short wake up call for us. The reality is we cannot go back to our past and change it. We can't go back to our past and erase moments of time. Our past is our past. And so we can, we can live in regret, but that doesn't help anything. Living in the regret of the past doesn't help it, doesn't fix it, but we can be thankful for it. The only thing that I can be responsible for right now is my present, the choices that I make in my present, and how those choices affect my future. But I cannot fix my past. I can be thankful for it though. I can't be thankful or I don't have to be thankful for the mistakes that I've made or the choices that I made, but I can be thankful that I learned, that I learned from those mistakes. There are things that I've done in my past that I won't ever do again because I learned from it. There are things that, and things that I've said that I won't ever say again, or, or choices and any of those things I won't do again because I learned from it. I can be thankful that in the middle of my mistakes and my choices from my past, I can be thankful that I learned I can be thankful that I grew and that it, it, it made me into how I think today or how I see things today. But I guess what I'm trying to say, one of the takeaways is you, you can't, there's no point in living in regret. But be thankful. What's the lesson that you learned in it? Also, thankfulness for your past keeps you moving forward. In Psalm 71, verse 6, it says, It was you who supported me from the day I was born. 
loving me, helping me through my life's journey. You have made me into a miracle. No wonder I trust and praise you. It keeps you moving forward instead of staying stuck in the past. In this verse, he's saying, I am thankful that no matter what I went through, you were there. I know that there are some people who have gone through that, that it's not even choices that you made. There are things that happened to you that you had no choice even. It was done to you. It was said about you, anything like that. It's like, I, you know, that, the, it wasn't the fact that I could go back and change my choices, is that it was done to me. But being stuck there doesn't change anything either. And so you can be thankful when you recognize that, like, like in Psalms, you were there with me, you got me through it, you walked me through it, and I am here today because you were there. God couldn't change the choices of what other people did. He couldn't. That's not, that's not who he is. We all have choice. But recognizing that where would I be today if God wasn't with me? Who would I be today if God wasn't walking with me, if he wasn't holding me in those painful moments? I can look back at my past and say, I am thankful because God was there in every moment walking me, guiding me, getting me to this point. So I learned from my mistakes, but I'm also thankful because he was with me. Being thankful for your past keeps you in remembrance. Remembrance. In Psalm 63, verse 6, it says, I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you've helped me like a father. Psalm 77, verse 11 says, Yet I could never forget all of your miracles. My God, as I remember all your wonders of old, I ponder on all you've done, Lord, musing on all your miracles. It keeps you in remembrance of the goodness of God. When you remember the things that he's done for you in your life, it keeps you looking up. It's like, I remember what he's done for me. Also being thankful for your past, it sustains you in the seasons that you're in. In Isaiah 46, verse 3, it says, Listen to me, family of Jacob, everyone that's left the family of Israel. This is what God's saying. I've been carrying you on my back from the day you were born. And I'll keep on carrying you when you're old. I'll be there bearing you when you're old and gray. I've done it. I will keep on doing it, carrying you on my back, saving you. Think about this. Wrap your minds around it. This is serious business. Take it to heart. Remember your history, your long, rich history. He goes on to talk about it, but the point is, is he's saying, remember that I've been there. I'll be there. I'll keep on being there. But remember, keep reminding yourself of the things where God stepped in. Keep on remembering the fact that where would you be without him? He's been the one holding you, carrying you, sustaining you all this time. Keep on remembering because it sustains you in the seasons that you're in. When, when you go into hard times, if you look back and say, you know what? I've, I've had hard times, but I made them through. So I'm in a hard time right now. I'm going to make it through because I remember who God is and what he's done.
It sustains you in the seasons. Thankfulness for your past brings closure. It brings closure where you're able to look and say, I'm thankful for what I learned from that time. I'm thankful that God was with me. I don't need to stay stuck there. I don't need to keep living there. I don't need to keep going back there. I'm thankful that I made it to this place. Thank Him for your past, because if it didn't kill you, you get to use it. You get to use it. You get to use it. It's, it's so amazing because, you know, the things that you have gone through, there have been times. I used to, I used to uh, use drugs. And I, those are one of those things where you look back on and you think, man, I wish I could redo that. I want to redo. I want to reset. <laughs> But when you begin to realize, when you begin to sit in the presence of drug addicts who look at you and think, you and I, we have nothing in common. You cannot relate. And when I can say, listen, I've been where you've been. And immediately I have an open door to their heart because I can relate. I got to use something that I wish you know, that I may have wished I could have changed, but now all of a sudden I can stand with somebody and I can, I can relate to where they're at and then I can bring hope into that situation. That's why you can be thankful for the things that you walked through. You don't need to live in regrets. But being thankful also brings closure to it. God will use it. He'll use it. So, you know, some of you live in shame of your past. Man, First of all, Jesus died for that, to cover that, but he will use what you went through in your life to change somebody else's life, to bring hope into somebody else's life. So I'm telling you today, come out of that shame. Jesus wants you out of that shame. It is covered by the blood of Jesus. You don't need to live in shame of your past. He'll turn, what, I love this. This just came to me, I've heard it before. <laughs> He turns your mess into your message. The Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a savior. We were all a mess, all of us. Not anyone worse than the other, all a mess. We all needed Jesus, now we all have a message because Jesus stepped into our life. You do not need to live in shame of your past anymore. Come out, come out. Whoever I'm speaking to, come out of that shame of your past. God is going to use the things that you've went through, the things that you've, the choices you've made. He is going to use it to touch people's lives. And you'll see many, many people changed. Come out. Come out. Um, number two, be thankful in your present. Thankfulness in your present brings peace. It brings peace to the situation. It brings peace into your life. Um, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but with everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to Him, that the peace of God, which surpasses everything, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. He says, Bring your prayer and your petition, bring it to me with thanksgiving, and what happens? Peace comes in. Peace comes in. And what's it say? It surpasses everything. It surpasses all the things that you're going through. It just moves in. 
And so when it looks like you should be, you know, freaking out and stressed out, peace is there because you've become thankful in your presence. Being thankful in your present helps you stay in the moment rather than getting worked up about the future. It helps you stay in the moment. Now, what do I mean by that? You know how when, you know how our minds work, right? Where we go worst case scenario, like, you know, we jump from, you know, something small to suddenly we make a mountain out of a molehill. I remember one time I was a little girl. I wasn't little, little, I was probably 10, I don't know, 11. And my mom and I, she's going into a chiropractor. She's gonna go see the chiropractor. And she says to me, stay here, I'll only be a few minutes. And I'm like, okay. So I sit in the car and she goes in and I think she's going in and just coming right back out. But it starts to take a little bit longer. I don't know, she's gone 15 minutes, 20 minutes. But as the longer that she was gone, the more my mind went from present to future to worst case scenario. And suddenly, in my mind, there was a gunman that had walked into the chiropractor office, had told everyone to get on the ground, had taken her hostage, literally, I remember this moment, taken my mom hostage. And uh, so I'm sitting in there, this is before cell phones, so I'm sitting in the car thinking, should I just run now? Just take off running. Should I go into another business and ask for help? Because clearly they've all been taken hostage in there. This gunman is about to come out to my car. Should I lock the doors and not let my mom in? Or do I let them all in and this gunman's gonna get in the car and drive us around? Literally, tears are streaming down my face. I am crying because I'm recognizing how much I love my mom. And so I've, all these things are going through my head. This scenario is for sure happening now. This is, for, the longer it gets, for sure. I haven't even made it up, it's happening. And all of a sudden, my mom walks out of the chiropractor's office and she sees me sitting in the car sobbing. And if you knew my mom, she was very matter of fact. She opens up the door and she says, why are you crying? And I started to tell her, like, well, I thought that you had been taken by a guy with a gun and, and that he had taken everyone hostage. And she was like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? But that's just a, an example of, and we've all done it, right? Someone's not home on time, and all of a sudden you begin to jump, and all of a sudden your mind gets away with you. We do this. Being thankful in your present keeps you in your present instead of jumping ahead to the future of worst case scenario. If you just begin to thank God, when circumstances and hard times come, you begin to thank God, thank Him. When you look at your problem, you thank Him. Daniel, in Daniel um, chapter 6, so I'm going to read this in a second, but Daniel, he was a, um, a man after God's own heart. He loved God, and, and he loved um, worshiping God and, and the principles around God. And he served a king who didn't love God, who, who didn't serve God at all. And he had demanded some things of Daniel to worship. He, the king wanted Daniel to worship him and not worship God. And Daniel wouldn't, he wouldn't do it because he was a principled man. He loved God. And, and I want to point out here, it says in chapter 10, Now Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And look at this, it says, As was his custom since early days. 
What did he do? He prayed and gave thanks. This was what he did. This was his life. That um, three times a day, he would pray and give thanks to God. Thank Him. I mean, we later on see that, you know, there were many things that came against Daniel, but he prayed. He gave thanks to God for who He is, for what He's done in His life. Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah 11 does the same thing, that they actually had people that were set aside just only to give thanks to God. That was their job. They're, they were the give thankers. You give thanks to God. And so all day long, they would stand there and give thanks to God for everything that they could think of. I don't know if they had lists or what, but they would just continuously give thanks to God. Why? Because there's power in thankfulness. There's power in thankfulness. It actually takes your mind from bad thinking, from wrong thinking, and, puts, and changes your perspective. Puts it back on God. Puts it back on the truth. Oh, listen. The circumstance that you're going in, it may be a truth. It may be what's happening around you, but there's a higher truth. There's a higher truth. Giving thanks in the present produces supernatural results. It produces supernatural results. Paul and Silas, another example. Paul and Silas, we talked about last week, also thankfulness, the apostles had been beaten and then they thanked God when they came out of it because they got to suffer like Christ. Same thing, these apostles have been um, arrested and they're in prison and they are in chains. And a lot of us know this story from Acts 16. They're, they're in chains, they're chained up. And what do they do? They begin to praise and thank God. They begin to thank God. Are they thanking Him for the situation they're in? No, they're thanking God for who He is. They're thanking God for what He does. They're, they're, they're adjusting their gaze higher. And what begins to happen? The, the chains begin to break. The ground begins to shake. Supernatural things begin to happen as they begin to thank and praise God. Remember, we said this last week that we thank God through it because He's always in it. You can thank God in the middle of your circumstance because He's always in it. He's always in it. He's not causing it, but He's always there. He's always there. Number three, thank Him in advance for your future. You don't just praise God after you praise Him before because you won't expect anything less than what God's Word says. You won't expect anything less. You know. So you can thank Him before anything happens because you know His Word is truth. You know His Word is alive. You know His Word, that you know that He is faithful. So you don't expect anything less. So, so you know that He's in your past, He's in your present, but He's also in your future because His Word doesn't lie. Because He doesn't lie. Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I can thank Him 
because I'm not expecting any, I'm not expecting him to change. I'm not expecting his word to change so I can give him thanks for my future. Philippians 4 verse 6, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You thank him for what he's going to do even when you haven't seen him move yet. Some of you have promises that God has given you, instructions that he's given you, things that he's been speaking to you about, and it's time for you to give thanks. Give thanks, begin to thank God for the situations. Begin to thank God that he's moving. Begin to thank God that he is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. Remember that complaining always undermines your faith. You can't do both. You can't be in faith and complain because complaining undermines it. Jehoshaphat, Here's another example. I'm just pulling out all the examples today. But Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat gets word that, that there's an army coming and, you know, they're, they're going to go to war. And, and Jehoshaphat goes back and he begins to seek God. He begins to look to God. And side note, this is super important. Whenever you come up against a battle, whenever you know something is coming, seek God. Seek God. A lot of times what, our, our, what we want to do is we want to um, run away or we freeze. Or we just want to, you know, pull the covers over our heads and, and just ignore the situation and hope it goes away. Seek God. When the, when the battle gets, when the going gets tough or the battle begins to come, seek God. Always seek God. Anyway, so Jehoshaphat begins to seek God and gets a plan from God. He gets instructions, so then he begins to send the praisers and the thankers out on the front lines. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if all of a sudden Canada was going to war and the prime minister comes out and says, we're just going to take the worship leaders and we're going to put them in front of the army. This is the plan. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't know. <laughs> Are we ready for that? I. But this, is, this was the plan that he got from God. And so here's just another side note is when God's ways don't always seem to make sense. But when you seek him, he knows exactly what needs to be done. And so this is, this is God's plan. He's like, send the worshipers, the praisers and the thankers out on the front. And look at this. Verse 20 of 2 Chronicles 20, it says, Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me. Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army saying, here we go, what were they saying? Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And verse 22 says, as they began to sing and praise the Lord, as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and the Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. And they were defeated. The key to a thankful heart 
is surrender and trust. It is. As you begin to surrender yourself, Jehoshaphat had to surrender his plans, his wisdom, what he knew. He had to surrender it and trust that God knew what he was doing. And as you begin to surrender and trust in God, you'll see him begin to move. The key to a thankful heart is to rely completely on the Lord. It's just to rely on Him. It's the place that He's wanting us to go is just, you know what? I know who you are and I'm thankful. I know what you do and I'm thankful. I trust you. I just trust, I'm just relying on you. I just give you thanks and praise for who you are. I'm just relying on you. Jesus, we're going to look at the life of Jesus before we close and Jesus did the same thing. His life was in complete trust to the Father, was in complete surrender to the Father. And Jesus came, and remember you'd say, well, that was easy for Jesus. But Jesus was a man just like you and me. And, and well, I'm a woman. You know what I mean. But Jesus was just, he came in human form to model a lifestyle that we could follow because we could, because it was possible, because it is possible. He came to show us this is the way and we follow after Jesus. And Jesus lived in complete trust, reliance and surrender to the Father. So look at this, John 11. Then Jesus became explicit. Okay, so here Lazarus, his friend, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Lazarus, his friend has passed away. And Jesus shows up and everyone's upset and he shows up to the grave and he says, roll the stone away, roll the stone away. And look at this, I'm gonna skip verses. I'm sorry, people back there. John 11, verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you. that you have heard me. And now that you always, and know that you always hear. There he's thanking God for his past, right there. <laughs> but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, there he's, he's aware of his present, <laughs> that they may believe that you have sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him, let him go. And my point is, is Jesus stood there, facing things that were dead. And his first response was, Father, I thank you. And then he says, because you hear me and you always hear me. Father, I thank you. Those of you who are facing even hopeless situations, situations that seem like they have died, things in your heart that you think that have just died, you could stand and then say, Father, I thank you. Because I know that you've always been there and I know that you're here now. And I know that you'll always be there.
Thankfulness brings hopeless situations alive again. It'll bring hopeless situations alive again. But let me say this. It's always His will. It's always His will. His kingdom come. His way of doing things. Sometimes we get frustrated because we think you know, we give up or, or we stop being thankful because we think that it should look like how we planned it out in our heads. That this, that, that we stop being thankful, we get frustrated with God because in my head, I planned that this situation should look just like this. And when it didn't look just like this, then I thought God wasn't working and I thought God wasn't moving. God's always working, He's always moving. He's always the God of the impossible. He's always the God that steps in and changes situations, always. But it's not always the way that we think it should look. So he just looks to heaven, Jesus, and says, Father, I thank you. And after he thanks him, he calls Lazarus to come forth. The next scenario is in John 6. Verse 11, Jesus is standing in a, a group of people, 5,000 people. He's been standing there teaching and preaching and telling them the good news. And he doesn't want them to go home hungry. So he says to his disciples, we should feed them, guys. Let's, let's feed them. And the disciples are like, are you crazy? Like we have no food to feed them. This is something that we should have prepared for. You know, all of the administrators would be super frustrated at that point. Like we would have, you know, organized food and we would have had this prepared while you were preaching and teaching. We would have prepared it, you know, so that we could streamline it the, the way that administrators work. And Jesus is like, off the cuff, let's feed them. And they've got nothing except for a few loaves and a few fishes. And Jesus is like, perfect, bring them to me. Bring them to me, watch this. And the Bible says that he takes the fishes and he takes the loaves in his hand. And what does he do? Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Like what I have in my hand is enough. What you have in your hand is enough. If you'll begin to be thankful for it, what you have is enough. Because when you begin to be thankful, things begin to multiply. When you're thankful, there's fruitfulness. When you're thankless, there's fruitlessness. But when you begin to thank God for what you have, things begin to multiply. Jesus, 5,000 people, enough food to just feed Him. Father, I thank you. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Thank you for this. This was enough, thank you. And then he begins to give out and feeds 5,000 people with enough left over. See the power of being thankful. 
Listen, right now, just wow, God, thank you. I get to hear the Word of God, thank you. I get to sit wherever you're sitting, thank you. God, wow, I got to eat today, thank you. Wow, thank you. You do provide. We have this perfect example of righteous living from Jesus. And the one thing that he shows all the time is this position of praise and thanksgiving to the Father. And lastly, he shows up at the Last Supper and he's with his friends. The disciples, they were his friends. They were his companions. They were the ones that he was with all the time. And he shows up with them and they're having a meal and they're probably laughing and having a good time. And he, he gets up and he's about to, you know, do communion with them, what we call it today. And he takes the cup and he, and he takes the bread and, and you imagine this, that he's standing there looking at his friends, knowing that one of those friends is going to betray him knowing that one of those is going to deny him, knowing that all of them are going to leave him at the last minute, knowing that moments later, he's going to be facing death, knowing that he's going to go through some of the hardest things that a human could go, the hardest things that a human could go, th go through. And what is his position, his posture, as he takes the cup and the bread? The Bible says, he says, Father, thank you. I don't think he was just thanking him for the meal, like we do when we sit down. Thank you for this food, bless it to our bodies, use your word and our prayer in Jesus' name we pray, amen. There was this moment, there was this heartfelt word, Father, Thank you. You've been with me. You're here with me right now in this moment with my friends. And it's beautiful. It's what I picture. It's thank you. Thank you for giving me this last moment. But my heart hurts too because I know what's coming. But thank you. Because I know that even though it's going to hurt and there's hard things, you're here. You're in it. You do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ask or think. That your plan is greater. Your way is greater. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you. to live in that place that no matter what I come up against no matter what it looks like Father Father thank you thank you thank you I know you're in it thank you you 
You know, there's so much. This is, there's so much of, of what's going on today with COVID. And, and there's two sides of the fence. You can see it on Facebook. You can, you can see that there's, you know, some that are worried about catching the virus. And then there's some that think it's complete conspiracy. I'm, I'm not here to argue either, either way, either side. Both are fear-driven though. But, I, but I, I'm not here to argue this. What, what God said to me clearly is watch what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Look to me, don't miss what I'm doing. If you focus too much on those, you'll miss what I'm doing. Look at me, I'm moving, because I'm always moving. Look to me, look to me. So you can stand in the middle of either. And Father, wow, thank you. You're moving, thank you. You won't be mocked, thank you. You've hold me in the palm of your hand, thank you. You surround me, thank you. Thank you. And it's amazing that in the middle of these situations that Jesus comes up are all amazing situations of pressure. Pressure to, to, to raise a man from the dead, his friend from the dead, where all eyes are on him. Pressure. Pressure where, where there's 5,000 people to feed. Pressure. Pressure of the cross. But he models this life of even under pressure. Even, even when things look tough, even when it looks like there's a wall, I can be thankful. I can give thanks. I can give thanks. And number four, give thanks in everything. So the Bible says it over and over. I've got a ton of scriptures, but because of time, I'm not going to read them. But, but you can find it. You could type in the word thankful, be thankful into a search engine, you will find a ton where it says, be thankful, give thanks to God. Over and over, the Bible says it. Why? Because there's power in it. There's power in thankfulness. Thankfulness is the virtue of your character that is developed by recognizing that who you are what you have, everything is all because of God. That's the power of thankfulness. Thankfulness is the key to letting go of your past. Thankfulness is the key to being present in your future and it is the key to moving forward to your future. When you speak gratitude, when you when you speak thankfulness, the enemy who is the opposing, who, who comes to oppose you, right? The enemy, he does not understand. He, he doesn't speak that language of thankfulness. He doesn't speak that language. And the word thankful actually means to give praise. It means to give thanks. But it means to shoot an arrow. I shared this with prayer not that long ago. It means to shoot an arrow. It means, so you're giving praise and you're giving thanks, but at the same time, you're shooting an arrow. What are you shooting an arrow at? At the enemy. Look at this, Psalms 149. It says, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's time to sing to God a brand new song. 
so that all His holy people will hear how wonderful He is. May Israel be enthused with joy because of Him and may the sons of Zion pour out their joyful praises to their King. Break forth into dancing, make music and sing God's presence with the rhythm of drums. I'm just going to skip down a bit. It says, uh, in verse 6, it says, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths and their shouted praises are their weapons of war. How do you, how do you get into circumstances and situations and walk through it? You're thankful. You're thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Uh, with prayer and petition, make your requests made known to God with thanksgiving. And it's like shooting weapons of war. It's like shooting arrows at the enemy. But I want to I go back to verse 1 in Psalms 149. It says, it's time to sing to God a brand new song so that his holy people will hear how wonderful he is. And this verse one just jumped out at me. It's time to sing a brand new song. And I just, I felt like the Lord say so clearly, church, it's time to sing. Church, it's time to sing a new song. There are songs being sung all over media right now. Songs of hopelessness, songs of fear, songs of hiding. So, church, it's time to sing a brand new song to the Lord. Songs of thankfulness, songs of hope. Let your song arise. There's a song for this new era that we're stepping into. And he says he's calling for the thankful people to arise. A church, a people of thanksgiving, a people with thankful hearts, a people who are thankful for their past, a people who are thankful in their present, a people who see what God's doing and are thankful for what's to come. Church, it's time to arise. It's time for the thankful ones to arise again. Arise, church. Arise with thanksgiving in your hearts to the Lord. Arise. Amen. Amen. Father, we just pray this right now. That we are a people that are stepping into the new song that the Lord has. A new song of thankfulness that arises from our hearts, from the very youngest to the very old, that we are a people that see God in everything. We're in awe of God and all He's doing. We're amazed at how He moves. We're amazed at how He did move. We see God in our present. We see Him in our future. And we're amazed by how awesome our God is. And from this place, thankfulness comes from our mouths, from our hearts, out our lips, and a song is birthed into a generation of the goodness of God. And we stand in thankfulness of who He is. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Listen, um, I want to encourage you before I go. First of all, if you, if you don't know God, man, Jesus wants to step into your present right now. He wants to step into your life and he wants to change it. He wants to change it. I had a conversation with someone just the other day and they said, how, or, you know, when was your moment of, of um, knowing that God was real? 
Like, how did you come about it? And so I began to share, I was raised in a Christian home my whole life and I knew Jesus and, and I kind of believed in God for sure, you know, but I walked away for a time and, and, and it was in that time that I walked away that I began to experience who God was and He would stepped into my life and He changed it. There was a moment of me laying in my bed in the deepest depression I've ever felt. Like it felt like a black hole. It felt like a black hole that never ended. Deep darkness. And he would step in as this light and he would begin to speak to me and begin to speak to me. And I wanted nothing to do with him because I was so hurt. I wanted nothing to do with him. But finally, one night, I heard him speak the same thing that he'd spoke every night. And he began to whisper secrets in my heart that only he would know. And it changed my life. And it changed my life. At that moment, I knew He was real. And at this moment, I want you to know He is knocking at the door of your heart, pursuing you. He will always keep pursuing you because He wants you to know Him, because He wants to step into your life and bring you hope. He's knocking at the door right now. Jesus wants to come into your life, be the Lord of your life, bring you hope. He wants to bring you wholeness. He wants to bring you healing. He wants to illuminate your life. All you have to do is welcome Him in. All you have to do is ask Him to come in as He stands at the door and knock. Right now, if you feel that, I want to pray with you. Again, it's not as much of the words that you say, but it is as much as is what it is comes from your heart. So you can say it in your own words, but I'm going to say it like this. Jesus, I need you in my life. Come in. Fill it. I recognize that I'm lost. I want to be found by you. Forgive me of my sins. And wash me clean. From this day on, I give my heart to you. Lead me, guide me, be in my life. Amen. If you said that prayer, just put it in the comments or you can send us a message on Facebook or you can go on our website, embassychurch.ca and um, even in the prayer request, you can send us a message. Let us know that um, you received Christ. We'd love to reach out to you and um, you know, help you teach you the word, do what we can. It's amazing if you did. The Bible says that even when one comes into the kingdom, all of heaven rejoices. Another one's home. It's amazing. If you said, if you said a prayer today, that's amazing. It'll change your life. We don't do it just for fun. We do it because of the love that compels us. So this is what I want to leave everyone with today. I was thinking about this. And um, I want to encourage you. I want you to encourage in these last couple weeks that we have um, in real isolation as, the, as it begins to lift, I want you to purposely spend time with the Father. Begin to, begin to pray and read His Word. Even if it's for short amounts of time, begin to say, okay, sit down and begin to say, God, here I am. I want you to open yourself up even more to me. I want to know your heart even more. And just begin to set time. 
just purpose yourself because I believe that in this time, God is using this time for us to go deeper into His heart. And the two verses that have really just been on my heart is the one from Song of Solomon, it says this. Who is this coming from the wilderness, leaning, leaning on my beloved? Who is this coming from the wilderness? And I really had this picture of us who have set aside, set aside time of going deeper in his heart, finding out that we really are loved, going deeper into the love of God and letting it surround us, letting the, his love wash over us, that we come out of this place, when we come out of this wilderness season or this season of isolation, that we come out of it leaning on our beloved knowing just how loved we are. And the other verse is this, when Jesus went into the wilderness, after he had been baptized, he went into the wilderness and he was there for 40 days. And the verse that proceeds, it says, then Jesus armed with the Holy Spirit and power came out of the wilderness. And I see this as our church, then the church, then his bride, then us um, armed with the Holy Spirit and power come out of this place, come out leaning on our beloved, knowing that we are loved, but with the Holy Spirit and power. I bless you. I leave that on, over you today and I pray it over you. Spend time with the Spirit of God. D just begin to learn new rhythms of grace in that area. Be blessed as you go. Love you.